I broke the cork. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop the Pop Culture Podcast. I'm the LA Nerd Joel Reeves, and I just tried to make a cool cork popping sound, and it broke off inside my bottle of mead. Uh, uh, with me, as always, is Taylor Sather. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? And Lauren Sperling. Hi, friends. At least I was able to pour myself a glass before the cork broke. So uh, <laughs> I'm at least set for another half hour. Yeah, you just got to get the wine opener, dude. Bust that oh. bad boy out. Yeah, yeah. During everyone's long what we've been watching, I'll uh, yeah, exactly. I'll work on getting this back open again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, dude, that was perfect. A, yeah, that was <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but before that, Taylor, roll me those sweet smooth jams. Wooka wooka. Going Taylor's for just going for the Taylor's sexy again. Taylor's committing I mean, to the sexy wooka wookas now. You gotta yeah. change it up sometimes. You know, you can't stay stagnant in life. As they I, say, variety is the spice of life. So, I have. I really I have thought you that. were gonna try to emulate that, that cork sound. I mean, that's kind of that hard. Wooka. I would have had to prepare for that. <laughs> this is just what how comes you, out like in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Oh gosh. Funny. All right, Taylor, you seem to fairly excited. About the what you've been watching. Oh, yeah. So you can go first. <laughs> yeah. So I've been watching a few things, finally, um, which is nice because for a minute there, I'm not really watching that much. Um, so I guess the first thing that I have failed to mention for like the last two or three episodes is I finally watched Tenet back in December um, when it first came oh out on Blu-ray. Gosh. So, you know. No, but we're that. perpetually going back in time because yeah. you actually haven't watched it yet. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Uh, obviously, I think I don't that's think how the movie works. You, you, I haven't seen it. You guys haven't seen it yet, right? No. Okay. no. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't really want to discuss it too much because it's really hard to talk about this movie without going into spoilers and really doing a deep dive on it. So when you guys watch it, I would definitely love to have uh, you know, a little bit more of a lengthy discussion on it. Um, Is it on HBO or anything yet? Not yet. Um, it okay. came out in December, so I imagine it'll probably be in HBO before the end of the year. But you know how. Chris Nolan is about, you know, separating all that stuff. And plus, he's yeah, yeah. not very happy. Um, with Warner Brothers. With, yeah, I mean, that's true. He's taking, I think the rumor was, is he's taking his next movie somewhere else. So, Elsewhere, yeah. Yeah, which is rare because he's been there his whole career. But point being is um, the movie's fine, especially on a first watching. It's kind of incomprehensible in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even with the subtitles on, like I have a wow. lot of trouble understanding the dialogue of this movie it's very the mix is very um interesting like i don't know if you guys saw interstellar in theaters but it feels very Mm -hmm. reminiscent of that where it's like this really bombastic sound mix and and even the dark knight rises to a certain respect like with bane um you know the, the dialogue is just really low for some reason and i know that that was intentional but you know it's just kind of it's frustrating I will say on a second viewing, um, I enjoyed it a little bit more and I understood a little bit more about what's happening. But, you know, this is definitely the type of movie that you have to watch a few times to truly understand um, Mm -hmm. what's happening. I will say that one of my favorite things from the movie is something called a temporal pincer movement. um, And it's pretty awesome. So, you know, 
I'll just leave that at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. It's it's not perfect by any means. It's probably on the lower end of Nolan's filmography, um, in my mind. Maybe that will change in the future, but yeah, it's it's just okay, I think. Um, How does a, Batman do? It's a little self-serious. I like Pattinson in it. Um, he's definitely a supporting character. Uh, and then mm-hmm. there's there's also another surprise sort of cameo in this movie, and I... It's weird because this person just sort of pops up in the story out of nowhere. Michael Caine. No, actually, Michael Caine is in it, but he only has one (laughs) scene as per usual in anything that's not a Batman movie for Nolan. So Nice. Um, Mm. Beyond that, I watched uh, a movie called The Little Things. Have you guys heard about this? It's like the new cop i've heard thriller. horrible things about it <laughs> yeah um it's basically the 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 whole premise is that it's um jared leto rami malik and denzel washington right. in a seven-esque kind of crime thriller like mm-hmm. that's what it was described as the interesting thing is this script was actually written by the director um john lee hancock i'm sure you're familiar with some of his work uh at, like yeah, in he the, uh he signed the declaration of independence right? yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. Um, and uh, he actually wrote the script in like 1990. So this is like a 30 year old script that like he finally got to make. So it's it's set in the 90s. You know, it's got very much that kind of same uh, aesthetic as seven. Not as dark, hmm. but it's very much, you know, L.A. set kind of grungy, a little bit grimy. Um, but, you know, the movie very quickly becomes nothing like seven um, and in and not in a good way. Um, you know, the, the, the movie, the movie isn't necessarily bad. I actually think the script is pretty decent. Um, the acting is okay. Jared Leto, he got nominated for like a SAG award or some kind of award for his performance. And his performance is just like, I don't want to call it crazy, but it's definitely like balls to the wall, like Leto doing Mm -hmm. Leto. You know what I mean? You you guys know Mm -hmm. how he is with that kind of, you know, very method and all that stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. his choices of body movement in this movie and i'll just leave it at that the way his character walks is one of the weirdest choices by an actor that i have ever seen anybody make i don't know if i love it or hate it but it's just weird you know Um, literally every time i've gone to watch this movie over the last week mm -hmm. i've gotten a sign from twitter i've seen someone tweet about how bad it is like literally every time i like open up my HBO Max. I'm like, all right, I'm going to check this thing out. Yeah, yeah. I see a tweet that's like, this movie sucks balls. And I'm like, well, well I mean, the, movie, again, the it. movie itself is not that bad. Jared Leto's weir- performance is weird. Denzel is like, doing Denzel. He's good. You know, he's pretty much never, never bad in anything. But it's also nothing that he hasn't done before at the same time. And then you have mm-hmm. Rami Malek, who's basically like, uh, is, is acting as stiff as a piece of fucking cardboard in this movie. Like, he's... Hmm. It's really bad on his. That sounds end. about like, right. I just it just it's it just makes me believe that like he doesn't have as much range as we we thought he did. Um, maybe those choices were intentional. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell because it feels like very robotic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so could have been direction too. That's true. Exactly. So you know, we'll see. He's a very awkward human being. He is. He is. I mean, that's why he's perfect for Mister Robot. But nevertheless, um, the third act of this movie is. I don't even want to call it problematic, and again, it's really hard to discuss it without having seen it, going into spoilers, but the third act, it takes some very, 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 very interesting turns. I'm still not convinced they're 100% the right choices, but mm. I really like the idea of what the movie was going for at the end. I just think the execution was kind of meh, you know? So, um, nevertheless, I would recommend checking it out. Like, 
it's not the best cop thriller movie, but it's also not like the worst by any means. Like there's some redeemable aspects to it. Um, so I'll leave that at that. Beyond that, uh, I finally got to watch The King of Staten Island as well, which I was really nice. excited about. I just watched that, mm-hmm. like, this last week. Well, what, we were you, on the same fucking yeah, wavelength. What, what'd, you, what'd you think about it, Joel? Um, After seeing Bill Burr in uh, that great Mandalorian episode, yeah. um, I really enjoyed his performance in this movie. I think yeah. he's mm-hmm. like, uh, I think he's a pretty good actor, man. I, um, you I know, agree. I've always ever just seen him as, like, that loudmouth comedian. Mm-hmm. Um but he does a really good job in this movie. Marissa Tomei, forever the MILF of my dreams. Um, <laughs> she does a great job. Uh, Pete, you know, Davidson, I could take him or leave him yeah. um, in anything he's ever in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't do bad in this, yeah. you know. He's yeah. just him, which is, you know, mm-hmm. meh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I like, uh, yeah, I thought it was cute. It, you know, I laughed a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I pretty much. I pretty much feel the same way. Like you know, this. It's. It's. It's a. It's fine. You know what I mean. It's not like. I don't think it's as impactful as it wanted to be. Like especially with that. I, I really actually really enjoyed the ending of this movie. Um. You know, just the way that that it kind of builds up and and trails off after the climax. Like I thought was really nice. I think along the way though, like the movie definitely is trying to do a little bit too much, and there's certain things where it's like you start to explore something and then you just completely drop that idea and like move on to something else, you know, think a perfect, yeah, there's a completely unwarranted fucking action Bronson cameo that. I was oh like, God. Didn't, it was so we weird. Didn't need that. <laughs> He's all, no, my vape head exploded in my, <laughs> in my pocket. Like all the different, he gets like shot. We're pretty trying funny. To, get to the hospital. Yeah. He's like, no it's, man, I tripped. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty hilarious, but I agree. It's kind of unnecessary. And um, Lauren, did you watch this or no? No, not yet. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the the opening scene for me is kind of emblematic of, like, both the issues and the sort of benefits of this movie. There's, like, an opening scene where he's basically driving a car and, like, essentially, like, tries to commit suicide to a certain respect. Like, he closes his oh, wow. eyes and just sort of, like, drives, you know, and, and, and you know, obviously certain things happen in that scene. Um, but... It just felt like one of those things where it's like, okay, I see what you're trying to do in setting this up, but at the end of the day, like, the movie never returns to that, never explores it, like, never hmm. does any of the actual legwork to tell that story. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's kind of sweet. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not perfect by any means. And I think Judd Apatow's made better films. So, Okay, cool. What's next? <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm going to try to rip through these. And I know, Lauren, you've seen one of these, but... Um, Basically, I watched a trio of documentaries. I watched Disney Gallery Season 2, which goes through Mm. Mando Mando Season 2. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because it's more of a traditional documentary format. It's not like the roundtable with 30-minute episodes where they discuss different aspects of the production. It's very much more traditional making of documentary, like I said. They go through each of the episodes and each of the directors kind of talks a little bit. And, you know, it's interesting, unfortunately, um, which we'll discuss a little bit later. Gina Carano is kind of heavily featured in some of those segments. Yeah. So it's a little Ooh. it's a little, um, you know, a little rough in that regard. Uh, the other thing I watched was Andre the Giant documentary, um, oh, nice. which is pretty good. I mean, it's not anything like there's nothing revelatory in the documentary that. We didn't necessarily know. I think it does give an ins- a little bit of insight into his personal life and his upbringing, which was interesting. And then obviously, you know, the legend of the you know being the wrestler that he was, the most famous wrestler in the world at the time. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's a really fascinating story. You know, obviously they go into all the stories about how he could drink, you know, I think the record was like 100 or 110 beers in one sitting. <laughs> and I mean, they said on a, on a single night, like a he, would have, he would have at minimum after a match, 24 beers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like Christ. sometimes, sometimes he would drink six bottles of wine, like throughout the day, like, and then have those beers. Like it was insane. So it's, it's, it's really fascinating, especially if you don't know anything about him. And if you do, it's like just a fun documentary to watch, um, you know, kind of celebrating his life and stuff. And then finally, uh, basically there's this new Britney Spears documentary called Framing Britney Spears. Um, and that came out, I believe it was on FX, but it's like a New York Times series going like deep dives into social issues and stuff like that. Um, and so I watched that. Uh, which is really fascinating. Um, Lauren, you all also watched this. What, what did you think? Yeah, I literally watched it like two hours ago. Um, yeah, I I also thought it was fascinating. I have, you know, off and on kind of been, been following the Free Britney movement mm-hmm. since it started. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's been clear for some time that like there's some issues going on. Um and it's just it's honestly it's really heartbreaking to to see what her family essentially is doing to her um and i thought it was quite interesting that they had her guardian assistant person felicia on her handler Um, basically yeah yeah which like she even herself is like it's weird having a title basically because they were like family friends um but so I thought that was really nice to kind of get that insight from her. Yes. Um, since she she was around through most of Britney's early days, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, up until up through Circus, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it. I felt better watching it today because the news came out yesterday or the day before that her dad is finally like not part of her conservatorship anymore yeah i think monetarily um, he or no someone so that he there's like an there's another person handling his um handling her finances and one person handles like all of her business like medical all that kind of stuff yeah like her her body basically <laughs> basically for lack of a better term um it's like her as a person versus her her money um and her dad had stepped down from being her like person conservator um a, a little while ago but yeah he's finally also not handling her money anymore which is great yeah. so hopefully hopefully she can get the help she needs to like get out and get back definitely definitely yeah i mean you know obviously like this is a really you know and for anyone who doesn't know like basically britney spears has been in a conservatorship since like 2008 i think they said it's been 12 years mm-hmm. or so um where her father basically runs like every aspect of her life obviously she has free will you know and stuff like that but in terms of making business decisions like i said medical decisions any sort of major life decisions or anything that basically requires a signature um her father's in charge of that and what's interesting is after her collapse that famous sort of i don't even want to call it a collapse but like the whole skin the whole paparazzi phase that she went through you know (laughs) she basically rebuilt her career you know in vegas and touring and her residency and all that stuff and so it's really interesting to see someone who's so successful and yet at the same time someone who's so 
bound, um, you know, in that way. Uh, it's, it's very fascinating. But what I really felt, what really hit home was kind of all, because they, 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 you know, they introduce all these ideas and then they sort of go through her career, like her rise to fame, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these like instances of where, I mean, one of the big ones is like the Diane Sawyer interview where she basically like is kind of like, uh, how would you describe it? Like body shaming her or like. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean for a, for lack of a better term, like slut shaming. And a very misogynistic you know? like point of view, which is fascinating yeah. because it's coming from a woman. You know what I mean? The interviewer. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously you have all the Justin Timberlake stuff, um, you know, and then uh, like all of the like. Imagine being like 26, 25, 26, you know, you're one of the most famous pop stars in the world. Your face is on all the magazines, you know, for better or worse. And you're having to deal with all these people around you and, and you know, the, the mental issues and the mental strain that comes from that. And like have like trying to be a mother, but also trying to be like a famous celebrity. And like you're still basically a kid, you know what I mean? To yeah. a lot of respects. So I don't know. It was just very eye opening and it really makes you feel bad for everything the perception that a lot of people had about her during that time you know what I mean and so for me that was honestly like a little bit more heartbreaking in terms of her going through all that coming out of it and like still being able to rebuild her career and you know basically um, be one of the most successful you know pop artists of all time so yeah it's (sighs) I, I yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I think one of the most frustrating aspects of it for me was seeing and obviously it's a documentary, there's a skewed perspective of it too, but like all of the clips they showed of the media coverage and like the horrible things that people said and like Perez Hilton mm-hmm. and then the paparazzo that they had interviewed on the thing being like, Oh, you know, she she needed us as much as we needed her, and she never gave us the impression that, like, mm-hmm. she was uncomfortable or anything, even though she literally said, like, I'm scared so many times, yeah. and, like, why are you near my car? Yeah, go like, away. Why are you so close? I'm like, guy, you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, totally. Don't try to be redeemable in this. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And, yeah, I mean, so I guess to sum up my thoughts, like, I really enjoyed it. I think everybody should watch it, especially if you grew up, you know, in the early 2000s, late 90s, the mm-hmm. TRL area, uh, yeah. era, I should say. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean. I, that's I, a lot of our listeners. I know. And so, Pops, I, I mean, that's Pops. what I'm saying. I would highly recommend it. It's a, fa- a fascinating documentary. So, with that said, yeah. Lauren, what else have you been watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I... Uh, I thought, sorry, I just got a notification on my phone. Um, was it from me? It's not great news. It's not from you. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's from BBC News. <laughs> um, I uh, just one more thing on the Britney doc. I, I just yeah. thought it was a really well done doc in general, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I've actually apparently been on a documentary kick lately because aside from my normal weekly shows of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and Resident Ooh. Alien. Um and of course Wanda. I also watched the new Netflix documentary Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Oh, I want to watch that. Looks sounds interesting. It was very interesting. Um I don't want to give too much away because I don't know how much you guys know about the story of Alyssa Lamb. Absolutely not. Um uh but 
after finishing the four episodes, uh, I feel like it was a little bit of a clickbait, clickbaity title and premise. Um, I thought it started out pretty strong, and then the last episode kind of came tumbling down. In my opinion, I think it would have been a much cooler documentary if it was a Cecil at large and like an episode was about or even two episodes was about the um, Elisa Lamb case Um, because there's so much horrible, horrible stuff that has happened at the Cecil for decades. Um, And I think that would have been a much more fascinating journey to go on in the end personally definitely so i'll be interested to see what you guys think after you watch it yeah i'll have to check that out sounds interesting yeah i will say they interview the manager of the cecil at the time that who she was the manager at the time of uh the the all the incident um and she was the manager there for 10 years and she is the strangest woman i've ever seen like she's like delusional (laughs) thinking that like she's like well it's the cecil like these things happen (laughs) i'm like you're the manager you can fix this yeah it's like oh (laughs) and she like barely blinks like it's very strange i did not like her um but yeah and then so other than that the other thing i watched was love antosha yeah, oh. I watched that um, too. Yeah, the documentary oh. about the late great Anton Yelchin. Um, I was not. I was not prepared. I was not either. Um, I didn't think it would be as difficult as it was. Um, I know you guys at least have talked about this on the cast. I don't know if I've talked about it at all. Um, mm-hmm. but I did grow up going to the same school as Anton. Um, hey, were you not and, on the Anton Yelchin um, Remembrance cast? I no. feel like we would have had you just, on. I think it was just you. No, it was just you guys. Was it just us? Yeah. yeah. You talked like about a mistake me on, on our it, part. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm in no way. I want to talk no to my way... producer about that. We fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, in no way was I close to Anton, but I did, you know, interact with him. And, and my one of my best friends was in his year grade and everything um so it was an interesting thing to watch because i know where i was in relation to everything they talk about and then some of the people some of his childhood friends that they interview like i i knew growing up um and you know our our names and faces that i haven't seen or heard in a decade um so that kind of made it hit even harder watching people that i know um talk about it but even like as well as the celebrities that talk about it it just it was i thought it was really beautifully done um there were things in it that i didn't know about um clearly there's things in it that a lot of people didn't know about um and it just makes me miss him even more and like devastating that we never got to see him direct and i'm still devastated and will always be devastated and never actually got to act with him um but yeah i really i do think it was it really really beautifully done so i definitely recommend checking it out 
Yeah, was it yet. fibromyalgia that he had, or he had um, some, um, cystic fibrosis? Cystic fibrosis. Yeah, I didn't know that, man. He was going through like, like such like hard medical conditions at like from such a young age, and you just can't really tell in yeah. you know yeah. all of his performances. He does like such a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I rem- I in like in like the doc, they're talking about how like he'd be having like really like like hard breathing exercises before like going to set. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, there's a lot of things I like, there's people who are talented and then there's people who are like talented in everything that mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting to see like his, like his music, his, his like photography, yeah. which I didn't know, you know, like yeah. the dude was just talented, like in everything well, that he touched or like attempted. Yeah. And, it's, it's, um, yeah. He's a pure artist in that regard, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it was really funny to see like someone like Chris Pine, right, who you think is like a womanizer, like a sexy man, talk about <laughs> how like all the ladies loved fucking Anton and they'd go out yeah. and he'd get all the attention. And it's like, man, this is like Chris Pine saying that like yeah, yeah. Anton right. took all the ladies' attention. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, it was really funny to see. I have a friend uh named April who uh may or may not do pornography. Um and she was in the doc she wasn't like interviewed at all but he was like they were talking about like um the little like sexual short film that he made um and it was her in it Um, i I had no idea that they were friends um but that's like kind it's like we we didn't quite know him maybe in the way like we thought we did you you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like Mm -hmm. him being like a famous movie star but then like he apparently like went took pictures at like sex clubs you know when he got off set um Mm -hmm. He was such an interesting person and we'll never get to uh, experience him again. Yeah, it's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he, I don't know, it was a great reminder to me, I feel like, to live life to the fullest because I feel like, especially after seeing that, like, it further proved that I I think he did that um, while also staying so incredibly humble the entire time. Yeah, Um, totally. I am... Yeah, and it was, I don't know, it was really cool seeing, like, the footage of, of the band play and stuff, because, like, that my first, like, warehouse kegger party, like, the Hammerheads were playing, like, That's so that funny. was my, that was my teenage years, yeah, like, definitely. I was first, extremely like, impressed with, like, the amount of footage, like, they yeah. have of him just throughout his life, like, yeah if if and when i have kids i'm gonna record the shit out of it yeah yeah. i don't have that of me it was really cool seeing like they just had they had they had videos just of every age it seemed like it was fucking wild Mm -hmm. yeah always had a camera around which which is awesome um but yeah that's (laughs) on that note um it it is sad but it is a very beautifully done documentary and i i really encourage everyone to to watch it even just for that reminder of like you can you can do what you set your mind to if you have enough gumption to do it mm-hmm. and he certainly did so also thought it was really funny at the end um when they pointed out that he made 69 projects i feel like he nice. would have had a chuckle about that so yeah. <laughs> yeah it was really nice seeing all of these like prestigious actors talk about how great of an actor he was mm-hmm. yeah i was like damn yeah like, also rob, i didn't robbed. know about the whole whole thing with him and Kristen stewart i yeah he broke her heart apparently 
Yeah. Well, they were they acted together on a movie called Fierce People, which is actually one of yeah. my favorite movies of his. It's totally underrated. Many people haven't seen it. Really? Um, yeah. And they yeah they definitely you could tell that they had chemistry together in that movie. <laughs> yeah. So that's not surprising. I think my yeah. favorite is still like crazy. It's still, oh, so it's good. A very good movie. Yeah, I think Charlie Bartlett is still mm-hmm. number one. one for me. That's one of my faves as well. Um, but yeah, Joel, have you been watching anything else that we haven't touched on <laughs> that isn't yeah, Love dog. Island? I started, damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did watch a couple episodes of that last night. Uh, I uh, the, So the, my favorite show of all time, one of them called You're the Worst. Um, mm-hmm. They did a, a Zoom reunion, like a table read for charity. Oh, yeah, um, we were talking about this before we... Yeah. It was really good. It was really funny. They did like a Q&A. Everybody still has phenomenal chemistry. Um, the showrunner has always said like no to hints or rumors or askings of like, you know, like an actual reunion of the show. Uh, but in the Q&A, he said like, you know, never say never, hmm. um, which is a lot more of an answer than he's ever given before. So it seems like. Maybe that's a possibility, which would be super fucking cool. Like a like a where are they now type like 10 years later. I mean, it hasn't been 10 years since the show <laughs> fucking ended. But um, the, like a how are they in their lives now thing would be cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then I started watching The O.C. Um, Dang. I've never seen The O.C., but I grew up in The O.C. I feel like um, you're breaking your rule right now talking about something what pre two thousands or whatever? <laughs> I know that's that's my rule for Taylor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, technically, it came out in like two thousand three, so two thousand four, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it was, it was freshman freshman year when that show came out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't watch it till college, so yeah. I was like, I was one of the OGs, man. Too. I watched I, I the first two two and a half seasons. I watched um, like as they aired, which is the first, oh nice yeah, two and a half years, but. <laughs> It's definitely a soap opera. Oh, wow. Um, but I will say it's pretty much like what growing up in the OC is like. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, man, want to party at my dad's mansion in Newport? And everyone's like, yeah, cool. And then someone like takes too much fucking like Xanax with their alcohol. And then you got to like take them to the hospital. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's, that's, that's literally happened to me literally before. every episode of that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I will say I was pleasantly surprised by the fact that my entire life growing up, I thought Ryan and Seth were like enemies in the show. Um, <laughs> and it turns out like they're really good friends of the show. Oh, yeah. The relationship yeah. is super cute. And I, it, I, it, yeah. it, it, it was a nice surprise from what I thought the show was about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think so. Um, God, I can't remember what the creator's name is off the top of my Josh head. Josh Schwartz. Josh Schwartz. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So he basically essentially based this show off his life and his time growing up in the OC. And Seth is basically the avatar for his character. And that's what I was saying. Like, I think you would appreciate the show. Fucking avatar for me too. Well, that's what I'm (laughs) saying. Like, and that's, I mean, Seth is honestly the reason why I think a lot of people fell in love with the show. Um, And obviously like Mm -hmm. Adam Brody kills breakout. Exactly. I mean, he's incredible in the show. And, you know, I think the dynamic between the family, like it has a really nice, sweet heart to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also 100% soap opera. You know what I mean? Like oh it's my God. in the vein of like ni- uh, Beverly Hills 90210 and like all that kind of shit from the 90s, you know? So um, I'm very excited that the, the end of the first season gets pretty wild. And then the second season gets 
kind of ridiculous in a lot of ways. I'm in I'm in I'm in season two right now. Oh, okay. Mm. So like you know how um what's her name uh, gets married to fucking Caleb or whatever, right? Has that happened yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Marissa's like the, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you yeah. know it's like they just get really crazy with like intertwining all that stuff. Um, so I don't know. I'm very curious to see what you think of the latter seasons because the first two, in yeah. my opinion, are pretty good. Two and uh, three and four are kind of bad. <laughs> They're hit and miss, um, and they do some kind of crazy stuff. So, Sweet. Well, you know, if you want to check out my thoughts on the show, you can go to Twitter and look up the hashtag TheJolsey. TheJolsey. Uh, that's where I'm beautiful. kind of like giving my thoughts about it. I've pretty been... pretty sporadic thoughts, but uh, thoughts nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I've been watching because I watched Love and Tosha and I watched The King of Staten Island and I mm-hmm. think those are the only things nice. I've been watching aside from WandaVision which is what we'll be talking about later in this episode but Taylor there's some news I think Indeed. that happened in the last week Indeed. some some would say some pretty cool news yes well there's a lot of cool <laughs> news and then there's a lot of like not cool other news. crap happening uh, so I guess we'll start with the good stuff. We learned that um, there is a Mr. and Mrs. Smith reboot, I guess it is, uh, in the works, or a See, reinterpretation. I'm, yeah, I'm 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 confused about it because mm-hmm. Collider is reporting that it's like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith project. Yeah, but I, what I originally read was a Mr. and Mrs. Smith type style style mm-hmm. project. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm seeing okay. two different reports on this. Yeah, um, but yeah, it is. Uh, uh, Childish Gambino himself and uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge <laughs> are doing a uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith style or reboot, we yeah. don't know, apparently, uh, type show, which is rad as fuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It just, uh, we don't really know much other than that. I think it's cool. I mean, they're both great writers, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. they'll probably be involved creatively more so than just acting. Um, you know, I guess we'll see in that regard. Beyond that, um, we... Also got some Last of Us casting news, um, which has been in the works with HBO for a while now. And it's finally, I believe they ordered uh, the pilot and then I'm pretty sure that they ordered the entire first season. So this show is definitely happening. Um, And we learned that uh, Mr. Pedro Pascal himself will be headlining this series as Joel. Not you, Joel. The other Joel. Are you sure? (laughs) HBO was like, did there, Lauren? Who do job, we know who's really good at transporting a child across the barren <laughs> wasteland? Yeah. Oh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, but enough about the Mandalorian, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a boom goes the dynamite. You know, it's like a, a show in which Pedro Pascal plays uh, an old grizzled character transporting a child across a barren wasteland. But enough about, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I forget the show. actress's name, but uh, Leanna Mormont from fucking Game of mm-hmm. Thrones, that little badass, yeah. has been cast as Ellie. Bella Ramsey is her name. There yeah. you go, Bella Ramsey, which sounds yeah. like a character name in the Game of Thrones. Mm. Yes. Not, yeah. not the actress's name. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, I, I've seen, I mean, I'm, I think it's great casting. Um, I've seen a lot of people complaining, not complaining, but being like, she doesn't look like Ellie. Like it has to be an exact like match, match, you know, in terms of look. That's because everybody's wanted Elliot Page to play Ellie for fucking mm. like yeah, that's true. Years yeah. Since the fucking game came out, yeah, she's he's he's a little old for that now. But uh, yeah, yeah. When it first came out, it was it would have been spot on casting. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, it's like the other thing, too, is like uh, I can't remember what her name is, but the actress that actually plays Ellie in the games, too. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so like that makes it a little bit more different. There, uh, makes it a little bit more difficult when you have an actress that's already been cast as that character for the games, you know, because people then they have that idea in their minds. So, yeah, you know, this is this is definitely going to be one of the more, um, you know, high profile projects that, that HBO's got going on right now. Obviously, you have uh, Craig Mazin, who did the wonderful HBO series Chernobyl writing this. So that's a mm. good um, that's a good sign. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. But this is a this is all pointing towards something that's going to be really, really good, I think, at least in terms. Yeah, of there's not much else we know about it right now. I, you know, in in my mind, Sam Raimi's still fucking, you know. I know, right? Making it. <laughs> Good. Go back to what, what was that, 2014, I think? God, I don't know, so that? long ago. I know. And it's Hall so H, huge. no doubt. I know. It's weird that, like, something from Hall H didn't come to fruition. You know what I mean? Like, they saved, like, the like the best of the best for that shit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And uh, they fucking failed us on that one. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Lynn. I have one more piece of news before we get to the other, if I can drop this in real fast. Yeah, of course. I don't know if either of you... I'm sure neither of you really care about this, but they have announced that supposedly the Wicked movie mm. is finally happening at Universal, directed nice. by John M. Chu. So he's he's officially attached to direct, and I will still like I'm still holding my breath that this movie is actually going to happen. Yeah, but the fact that we have a director attached excites me a lot because. I've been waiting for this movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie for like been, 15 years. Say, it's been in development for at least a decade <laughs> at this point, you know. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, how do you do a cinematic adaptation of of Wicked? Because it's it's tough to translate something like that, especially when you know the Wizard of Oz itself is like so um, classic cinema. You know, it's, embl- it's one of the the great all time classics. So how do you follow yeah. that up? You know, with something that's different and original. And, Obviously, it's not Oz the Great and Powerful, as we learned. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think this is John Chu's the perfect person for something like this. And it really comes yeah. down to casting. Like, who are they going to cast? Yeah. Because it's the three sisters, right? It's three of them, three leads, I believe. Right? No, just two. Just two. Got you. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Wicked Witch of the West, Alphaba, yeah. and uh, Wicked Witch of, or the Good Witch, sorry, gotcha. Glinda. Yeah. Um, hey, Oz and Great and Powerful was the first time I experienced Atmos in a theater. Hey. Um, Ooh. Fancy. Um, but yeah, so not too much more on that. I just am really excited that we're getting Wicked News again and yeah, wanted to absolutely. throw it out there in case anyone else is a musical theater fan. Totally. Absolutely. And I think he dropped out of Willow um, recently. Um, and I'm pretty sure the reason why is because of this project. So mm, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So jumping into the, uh, the shittier stuff. Um, <laughs> I gotta go. I'll be right back. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first part of this isn't shitty, but I mean, they're correlated to a certain respect. Um, But uh, after saying some really, uh, I guess, racist and anti-Semitic shit on uh, Instagram or I'm not sure which one on some social media platform, uh, Gina Carano. Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter. Gina Carano was finally fired from The Mandalorian. Which see ya. I mean, we haven't really discussed it too much on this podcast, but you know, obviously this has been a long time coming for anybody who's been following sort of her um rhetoric, I guess if you will. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to say on this. Uh, see you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny because um, I watched the Disney Gallery mm-hmm. season two episode a while ago. Um, and like you were saying, it is very Gina heavy. And a, a lot of people praise her in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time of watching it, some of her earlier issues of, um, you know, like mocking um, the use of pronouns and, and stuff like that had already happened. And so watching it, I was kind of like, mm, this is slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, totally. And then just to see how everything is progressed in the last couple of weeks, like, I mean, like you guys said, like good riddance. Yeah. Um, she's not, you know, the most amazing thing anyway. So she's not... a terrible fucking actress. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, who? She's... Just oh my god! Like the character sucks. She's a fucking jar of mayonnaise. On she's boring. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Like yeah. good. Well, like, yeah. I th- I think what's really interesting about this ultimately is that like. This is one of the rare instances of like politics and um and you know entertainment sort of if you will coming together in this way, you know what I mean? Usually mm-hmm. like, you know, people's politics are their people's politics and you know, um obviously like, you know, one of the defenses of her has been like, well, Gina Carano got fired cuz she's conservative. Like, no. That's, nah, that's bro. not nah. the reason she's why. She's a fucking idiot. Well, yeah. and she's also racist like Lauren as, a, said. as hell, you know. So yeah, she yeah. had said shit like almost a year ago, right? And mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if Disney gave her a warning, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. cut that shit out," you know? Yeah. Like, you yep. represent our company, chill the fuck out. Well, yeah. especially because and she got fired. Like, what do you want? Yeah. She did yeah. it again. They told her not yeah. to, well, most likely, and she kept doing it. Yeah. So that's what happens when you get a warning from your employer mm-hmm. and you don't comply. You get fired. I don't care if you're conservative or liberal or anything. If someone yeah. tells you not to fucking do something and you do it again, yeah. See ya. Exactly. Yeah. And and uh, go ahead, Lauren, first. Oh no, that's okay. I was just gonna say, like, I um oh, especially because like her her first kind of stirring the pot instant was, you know, mocking people putting their pronouns in their Twitter profile and such. And, mm-hmm. you know, she said that Pedro kind of educated her on that. Um because as we've also learned this week, like Pedro's um, sister has officially come out publicly as trans. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I was like, okay, cool. Like maybe she learned hopefully. And then like Joel said, she just kept going. And I think it is really great that not only did the company make a statement that yes, we have let her go. They were like, we completely denounce like and disagree with everything she said. And it's like abhorrent behavior, which I think yeah. is a, a bit further than they often will go. Um, so I think it's really great that yeah. they went that far in their statement, honestly. Totally. And, and Absolutely. Did, I think the funniest thing about this is like how stupid she had to be to get herself fired from this. Like not only were you like Dude. in such a good position career wise, like for yeah. not having the level of talent to be at that point, you know, to, to be at that we, level yeah. of your career. Ahead, we never got confirmation, but it was it 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 seemed fairly likely that the Rangers of the New Republic show was gonna be her spinoff. Mm-hmm. Like I look, if you're conservative and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, I don't know why you are. We you, like you. <laughs> it's 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 odd that you would still be here after the, all this time. Hey man, there's nothing wrong with conservatives like, listening to us. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, but like 
in 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 like regards to her, like are those beliefs so like what is worth all that paycheck money? Well, like all you had to do was shut the fuck up. Yeah, totally. All you had to do was not say anything. Yeah, and you well, are gonna cash out bank on yeah. your own fucking TV show. Mm-hmm. Well, it's how not, stupid it's, are you? Well, it's not only that, dude. Like you have to remember, John Favreau is like of Jewish lineage. Like your boss mm-hmm. is yeah. of Jewish lineage, and you're out there spitting anti-Semitic shit and considering like essentially the comparison was oh being a conservative is like being a a jewish person during the holocaust and it's like whoa 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 like pump the fucking brakes first of all but i just wanted to read and again i don't want to make this a political podcast but i think the i'm fine with that the tweet that ted cruz put out about this like pretty much sums up like the the wrong approach for this whole thing this is what ted cruz says texan gina carano broke barriers in the star wars universe not a princess not a victim, not some emotionally tortured Jedi. She played a woman who kicked ass and who girls look up, looked up to. She was instrumental in making Star Wars fun again. Of course Disney canceled her. By the way, that has mm. sixty almost 65,000 likes. That's fucking Jeez. ridiculous. Um, but none of that is correct. Like None of those attributes like describe Cara Dune. You no, know what no. I mean? God, um, no. And not only that, like he's... He, <laughs> He's like making the assumption that like Gina Carano is Cara Dune. You know what I mean? It's like, no, like <laughs> these are two separate people. Like, do you know what acting is? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. There's just so much wrong with that tweet. You know what I mean? I think it really sums yeah. up like why. Um, I will know. say I've seen some people calling for her to be replaced with Lucy Lawless. Mm-hmm. And that would be dope if be they do decide to recast. I think they're going to I think they're going to I think they're to. just. Well, or I think they'll just re- Rider out of the show like yeah. oh yeah my favorite tweet i saw was like someone talks to mando cara dune died mando says oh no anyway yeah. <laughs> like, moving on she's not moving important on. to the show in yeah. any capacity whatsoever yeah, yeah exactly. or the the, the crawl gif of oh yeah cara dune <laughs> crash her x-wing lol <laughs> yeah yeah so um, i mean you know at this point it's like good riddance um have fun going and making your straight to video movie with Ben Shapiro. Like hope yeah, that works dude. out for you. I I love that their response was like like a hit back tweet, like, oh, you fired me, but I'm signing an exclusive deal with the Daily Wire. And in my head, yeah. I'm like, why I wouldn't brag about why are you bragging? Yeah. About <laughs> yeah. Like you think that's like a like a clap back? Like I got fired uh, from the mouse. I'm going to Ben Shapiro. And it's like, yeah, yeah, dude. not a good look, dude. Not a good look. <laughs> Good for you, uh, I guess. He's gonna force you to play AOC in his weird, like, uh, like, uh, fantasy porn. <laughs> yeah, because he's fucking in love with her. And yeah. oh no, my god, you. I fucking hate them both. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Um. Yeah. So I mean, moving on from that, uh, we also had, um, I guess, uh, I don't even know how you describe it. This is also a controversy, I guess, if you will, that's been sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, developing and brewing for a really long time, years in fact. I mean, they're, Joss Whedon we're talking about, obviously. Um, there's been allegations in the past. Um, you know, certain things have come out. We've obviously talked about all the Ray Fisher stuff, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm a little bit remorseful that I took that with, um, being honest, like that I took that with a little bit more of a grain of salt than I probably should have. Um, especially yeah, I mean, with, it's tough you know, when no, when literally nobody came to his defense, you know well, what I mean? Yeah. And he's also, he was also being vague too, which is like, yeah. again, yeah. like I want to believe Ray Fisher. I just, it's hard to, when, when, you know, when there's 
there's just it's all vagaries you know what i mean and so I mean, we fucking believe him now well and it's you know it's still even now it's like okay like i definitely it's not that i never didn't believe you but like i still like can you be a little bit more specific about what happened so that it's not just like lumping all these people into one you know yeah. sort of category because obviously there are different types of abuse um and different forms of uh of mental abuse in particular you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um i don't know i mean this is obviously like a really hard pill for all of us to swallow um because we're all pretty big weed and fans and obviously joel you know i mean you are the who the, me yeah, with the weed tattoo and yeah. the show called we watch weedin I, I mean you're the you're the weedin guy which is <laughs> you know it's like it's 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 unfortunate i mean you yeah know? you honestly you introduced me to a lot of the weedin shows yeah man look Pro- I, probably all of them actually so. <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> not yeah. that i think about it yeah. look, i mean everybody on twitter wants to come out and start talking about how like you know his like wife wrote the op-ed like a long time ago and like we should have known and it's like look like the op-ed was like all right like he cheated on her like that doesn't make you you know like it, you know kind of makes you an asshole but like but you're not an abuser yeah you know and it's like yeah. Everybody is like, well, we should have known the whole time. It's like, there's really, you know, there was like really no way to know. Like, yeah, I mean, like if you have a really, really hard stance against like adultery, then like, yeah, sure. You could have canceled them a long time ago. But it's like being an asshole doesn't necessarily make you like, you know, who who he is that we've come to learn. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it 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 is a lot worse. Um <laughs> yeah. uh, Charisma Carpenter tried to say some things uh, like a year, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of like the Ray Fisher thing, she was f- fairly vague and nobody really came to her side. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the big reasons it kind of like washed under the bridge. Um, but she came out again and kind of gave more details about it. Um, Sarah Michelle Gigeller this time was quick to jump, uh, to her side and defended mm-hmm. her. Um, Jay August Richards from Angel, uh, he came to her side. Mm. Uh, Amber Benson from Buffy came to her side. Michelle yeah. Trachtenberg came to her side and had some stories of her own. Yeah. Um, this it just seems like last time the snowball wasn't big enough. It's mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and uh, seems like this time he's officially uh canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting because, like you were saying, Taylor, like it, it's been brewing for a while. You know, it'd always be a little. A little drop here, a little drop there that would, you know, not get a lot of traction. Um, you know, like I remember, you know, rumors that he wasn't great during Avengers reshoots because Scarlet was pregnant. So, mm-hmm. like, to hear Charisma come out and say that, I'm like, okay, you know, that really sucks. But now I'm not super surprised because it sounded like he's still doing that. Yeah. Um, and of course, that was all hearsay um, at the time, anyway. Uh, and then, you know, I feel like a, a, within the last couple of years, um, that thing about James Marsters came out, where oh, yeah. he, you know, he said he was threatened, basically, by like Joss was threatened by um, Spike's popularity and said some not nice things to James. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's one of those unfortunate things where it's like, it seems like it's kind of been the whisperings of the biz for a while and now the other shoe has fully dropped. And yeah. it is fucking, it's sad because like so many people have looked up to him and his work for so long. Um, but 
Yeah. You know, it's just, it sucks. It's just such a time. Like, it's great that everyone is coming out about all these things because yeah. it's much better to know uh, who people are, you know? Mm -hmm. But I just feel like there's been so much in the last year or two of, you know, people that we've all grown up admiring, like turning out to be really <laughs> horrible humans. Yeah, and so it's really yeah. hard. It's another thing that we have to look at and like figure out how to separate the artist. Well, from yeah. the work, you know, and it, exactly. And and I think that's one of the things I'm even grappling with this uh, on this, you know what I mean? Because I know I, I saw some of your tweets, Joel, about like, you know, like it's it, it, as much as Buffy and all this Whedonverse stuff are his shows, like in a weird way now, they're other people's shows because it's like that idea of like, you know, I'm, you know, it's not just Whedon that, that, that brought these things and made these things happen, right? Like it's a confluence of, of, of hundreds and hundreds of people coming together to make a thing. And so what I'm grappling with is like, you know, again, the art versus the artist, but also that idea of um, sort of like accepting the work for what it is, especially for all the other people that put in that work. But also, like, understanding the context of, like, what was happening during certain times or, you know, yeah. the, the way that he acted towards his talent, you know, on set and the way he treated people. Like, I think you have to sort of weigh those things. But, you know, it's I mean, it's it for me, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm never like I'm not going to be that person who's like, I'm never watching an Avengers movie or a Joss thing ever again. Like, no, I'll revisit that stuff from time to time. But you also have to take it with like a little bit less reverence, I guess, if you will. Um, than I we think it's did easier to give praise to a show like Buffy still than it is. Like we, we have a friend named David who kind of said that he has an easier time with JK Rowling than mm -hmm. Joss now. And I'm like, mm -hmm. she was solely responsible for those books. Like she didn't have like a team writing those books with her. I find yeah. that much harder to enjoy now than like, a show like Buffy and Angel and Firefly who have like Tim Neer and Marty Noxon and Jane Esmondson and Stephen S. Knight and David Greenwald. They have like mm -hmm. all these producers and showrunners and all these writers. Drew you know? Goddard, like, you know. Drew Goddard, mm -hmm. yeah. Huge in Angel, you know. And mm -hmm. it's like you can just attribute those shows to those people now, you know, whereas like Harry Potter's J.K. Rowling, like is and always will be. And it's like I find that much harder to like look past and like just say that like Tim Maneer was the showrunner on Firefly. You know? His he's yeah. he's he's credited as producer on every single episode. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean it's it's, like, it's it's kind of hard to do that because Joss Whedon would essentially like have to give up those rights to those credits, which he'll never do because he's probably never gonna work again. Um <laughs> it's just the, I mean it's the truth. But yeah. uh it's, oh, for it's, sure. it's it's the unfortunate truth, but it's the truth. So wait, you know, breaking news, uh Ben Shapiro. No. Oh God, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh. Jesus. Um, Joss Whedon to play himself in Ben Shapiro's Gina Carano <laughs> film. Um, God, that's terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's this is definitely like a, a bit of a reckoning in terms of like you know, like I said, coming to terms with like who the artist was and 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 everything that has come to light at this point. So I don't know. I just think it's one of those interesting ongoing conversations culturally in a lot of ways of like how do we address that you know what i mean how do we deal with that and come to terms with that while also like not necessarily like idolizing someone's work but like recognizing like the good work that a lot of other people did but maybe that person even did you know what i mean like yes joss seems like he was a terrible person but he was also a very talented artist you know what i mean and that like mm -hmm. as much as like 
that diminishes his legacy. Like that also doesn't mean that he wasn't a very talented artist that cap captured and captivated a lot of imaginations with his work. You know what I mean? So yeah, again, I, mean, I think it's a balancing act mm-hmm. in that, in like that aspect, I'm going to have a much harder time revisiting like his astonishing X-Men run. Yeah. than I will like mm-hmm. the shows, you know, the shows who, true. you know, employ hundreds of people to make them multiple writers, you know, um, contributed. Whereas like, yeah, he had like, Cassidy as like his like artist on the Astonishing X-Men but like he wrote it you know what I mean like pretty like yeah. sole responsibility on that um so like that'll always be t- tougher for me than like revisiting a show that like to me like Buffy is Buffy you know it's like she's yeah. the more important uh part of that show than like he is yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah i mean i don't know this is like like i said obviously this is like sort of an ongoing cultural conversation i think we're having um Mm -hmm. and you know i don't know i just think it's it's interesting and like you know i'm i I think we all agree that like you know once you realize some this sort of stuff comes out like we're definitely not in that space of like um you know just trying to like we recognize those things and like sort of yeah you know internalize and and sort of again sort of come to terms with that in some way you know yeah i mean i try to look at it from like the positive side at least in relation to like us Mm -hmm. as you know this industry has been very broken for a very long time Mm -hmm. and like it's getting like that fact is getting proved more and more every single day when stories like this come out um and so I, like I said, as, as hard as it is for all these stories to come out, I'm glad they are because it shows to me that people are really starting to look at this and hopefully that means, you know, things are changing for the better in the industry and like, you know, yeah, well, and I agree with you. It's definitely as we get further in it ourselves, like Mm -hmm. hopefully it'll make it easier, better, happier, like yeah better well, place it's, it's to be definitely I don't know. one of those changing of the guard moments in hollywood i think very much akin to like you know new hollywood and all that stuff yeah that changes that started to happen in the 60s and early 70s um mm-hmm. and so i think it's very much the same type of thing in that regard where we're, we're right in the middle of like a paradigm shift um in the mm-hmm. industry in a lot of ways so and there's multiple facets to that obviously so again that's that's yeah. a larger discussion but uh yeah <laughs> do you guys have anything else to add to this i feel like we should probably jump into wandavision at this point yeah i'll let uh i'll let everybody know when i uh decide what to cover up my mutant enemy tattoo with because <laughs> like it's really unfortunate for me specifically that like yeah. in you know when i got this tattoo i was like man you know what i love all the shows so I'll just commemorate it to the man himself yeah. as opposed yeah. to just like getting shows of the or tattoos of the show. That, that I, have, well, Joel. I have an idea, yeah. though. I know what you're going to cover it with. What? Your Suicide Squad tattoo. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've already predetermined that's a it's a bad movie. So <laughs> uh, I can't wait for it to be a masterpiece. Sorry, James. Yep. Gonna Sorry, win all James. the Oscars and you'll have no choice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send James Gunn the a original. Clip. The original Suicide Squad won an Oscar. That doesn't make it a good movie, Lauren. <laughs> no, but it's gonna win Oscar all the Squad. Oscars. What if, it re- so. what if it wins a writing Oscar, Joel? Will that legitimize it? I highly doubt that's gonna happen. I mean, hey, if Logan can get nominated. I highly doubt that's gonna happen. <laughs> Times are a changing. Yeah, right. Oh, man. But um, speaking of superheroes, yeah, yeah. Look, WandaVision happened. Uh, I said it. I I fucking tweeted it. 
look, guys, I know that we started this like paradigm of like doing two per episode, but mm-hmm. I I can't I can't handle it anymore because I like <laughs> I needed to talk about episode five fucking I know. the second it happened. I, know. I tweeted I tweeted this is the best MCU thing media of all time. I think I said yeah. Um, yeah. Episode five, look, but then episode six happened. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Well, Two phenomenal just, episodes back to back. Right. Let's just start with episode five for now, Joel. Let's yes. just contain, contain yourself. <laughs> and we're starting with spoilers, guys. Yeah. So Always do. Okay. Always so, do. So, so first of all, I just want to say that for, for the record, I was obviously completely wrong. And they obviously Evan Peters is yeah. in the show. Um, I, I, again, you know, Told just, to, just to reiterate, <laughs> I didn't think Marvel had the balls to do it, but I am all for it that they did it. So I don't have any problems with that. I just didn't think that, you know, that, that it would be the right time to do that. But Kevin oh Feige boy, was I proven wrong. Kevin Feige wants. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh boy, was I wrong. That's all I got to say. So I don't know if this was part of the thing you guys didn't let me talk about on the podcast or if I had said it, but like, remember, or or not remember yeah. that uh, the Spanish voiceover artist had said that he had just completed his yeah. work as Pietro. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that you did say yeah, that. Like, yeah. That was true. Yeah. <laughs> For pretty fucking wild. Um, oh, but dude, let's start I at the beginning this... of the episode, not the uh, end. Yeah, I want to see the, hold on. I want to <laughs> see the Spanish dub of Pietro's lines in this movie. That'd be freaking amazing, <laughs> dude. Um, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I think that tweet said, Evan Peters was in the show, but it didn't confirm that he was actually Pietro. Exactly. Right, right, yeah, right. Totally. He said yeah. that he had completed dubbing Evan Peters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but so the show starts out pretty the the children are still babies. Um there's a little oh bit of yeah. faltering around with Catherine Hahn asking Wanda, like, oh, should I take that line back? You know, we're 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 starting to really see the like the cracks in in, mm-hmm. in the walls that is uh wanda um and i think the first big thing in the episode are the children go from babies to like five-year-olds like yeah. fairly mm-hmm. quickly which mm-hmm. is um pretty jarring at first to be honest yeah. mm-hmm. yep and then i very quickly after that they age to about 10 i think it is right like 10, 10 yeah 11, that's a say. very great moment because they find a dog and mind yeah. you the dog in the comics the name is sparky mm-hmm. they can't name the dog or they don't have a name for the dog and it like somehow makes like a uh a, a wall outlet spark and then mm-hmm. sparky it's, yeah. that's a fun nod to the comics yeah. um yeah but yeah i found that cute how she was like you guys can't have a dog until you're at least in her and vision say like 10 they look 10 and then yeah. they both <laughs> and then they both go no 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 yeah and immediately <laughs> aged themselves up to 10 um, like if that isn't if, if that isn't like a perfect metaphor for parenting like i don't know what is you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um coming from three people who aren't parents so hey you know uh but i mean you I know like four kids what are you talking about what, right what <laughs> uh Jill, you're too much um one of the things <laughs> i found really interesting and i don't know if many people have really like like noted the significance of this like obviously everything with heaven peters we can discuss when we get to that moment the significance mm-hmm. of that the seismic sort of idea of what that opens up in terms of possibilities but one of the things edging found, me all right we're gonna get there i know <laughs> i'm just just teasing you joel uh <sighs> one of the things i noticed is that these are the, the, the twins are actually two of the uh, i pretty sure unless i'm mistaken that they're the first two uh individuals to actually be born with powers um in the mcu Mm -hmm. which 
of course opens up you know the whole mutant thing and all so again these little we'll get there and we'll get there in episode six yes of course but i have a dissertation (laughs) oh yeah totally but just just this idea that we're actually seeing people who are actually born with powers now in the mcu as opposed to like people who get them through some like means you know yes lauren yeah you no sorry no my zoom literally froze for about 20 seconds and i thought it was gonna crash and i was very concerned oh no (laughs) yeah you were were like oh god (laughs) yeah Uh, Um, okay i'm back i'm back it's fine no worries so yeah i just i just find that to be an interesting little factoid um so yeah, yeah I mean it's, it's it's super cool. Um something that I find found interesting and I look Marvel doesn't mess up very often. Mm-hmm. Um and unless and unless the timeline of the show is a little bit skewed in the episode prior when they're doing like breakdown of all the civilians inside of the hex mm-hmm. um they put up the norm um sheet and it and it says on the sheet like vision wakes him up and he like talks about saving his family and then that happens in this episode yeah okay when vision wakes up norm so it's like okay like all right so that actually gets me to something else and i this isn't my theory this is something i read somewhere i think on twitter someone posted it but the idea that the show itself is actually what we're seeing in the outside world so like it's a show within a show to an it uh, right. to a certain degree, yeah. which I think that could potentially like it, you know, like we said, especially with the casting board, all these little hints that are happening, like you pointed out, Joel, you know, um, that could be definitely one of the sort of twists that ends up happening at the end of this whole thing. Um, so I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah, it's Norm seems absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The acting is really um, good in that th- moment too. I like, think he says yeah. like it hurts too. Yeah. You know? So it's like I think he says he's in pain. So it's not just like taking over people. Like these people are like in torture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I mean fucking sucks for them I guess. Um, I okay. I, I'm looking at my notes here. Um. We I don't know if we were debating this specifically, but I definitely debated some people that like she wasn't just dragging around Vision's dead body. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this episode, we see her break into sword and take Vision's dead body. So so, it's like one hundred percent. So fuck everybody who 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 (laughs) fucking was against me. She is a fucking necrophiliac in all of your faces. (laughs) I called it. She's a fucking pervert. We yeah. did talk about it last cast as one of our yeah. theories yeah. for sure. We did it. So, we saw well, it know, happen, and then and then obviously you know this is happening later later in episodes. Well, I don't know. They have the. We'll get there. You know they we'll have get there. the. We'll get there. No, 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 no. no. We'll get that there. too. So <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm just connecting all the dots, dude. That's all I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I mean from from there, I think the next thing that happens is when they send the drone in, right? And then Wanda comes yeah. out like fucking dude. meeting business. Yeah, I didn't think we'd see her in the real world so soon right as we yeah. did i know um, it was like yo she's 100 yeah. aware of like what's happening you know yeah yeah monica agrees to send in the drone because she thinks it's non-lethal um and they're just going to do like some recon and then yeah hayward being you know the mega d- the mega douche bro that he is um yeah. tries to fire a missile at her which <laughs> God, what 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 we, you, have you, you thought not that plan was gonna lesson? work like yeah <laughs> nope yeah, it was Clearly. super cool to see her drag the fucking drone out and like throw it at them. She's got the Sokovian accent when she's out there mm-hmm. um, and just kind of shows her powers, like turns all of the dudes with the guns onto Hayward. And she's basically like, back the fuck up. 
and get off my land. Yeah. <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, That's and exactly like what she was turns doing. all of his men against him. Yeah, dude, yeah. she straight up pulls a Magneto, process, which so. is another yeah. great reference to yeah. the X-Men verse. Yeah. Super, super, dude. Yeah, that's the first film, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, And then she goes back in and almost like what doubles up the shield, basically, because it all turns red. Like, yeah, Yeah, she turns it like impenetrable, right? Like, they, they like could go through and then she kind of turned it like, uh, like defense mode or I, yeah, probably attack mode, honestly. (laughs) Um, yeah, and then we get, you know, we've gotten these hints of vision kind of understanding that things are starting mm-hmm. to get a little wrong. I think I mentioned at the end of last episode, he, like, looks above the television, right, for kind of, yeah. like, yeah. help. Yeah. Um, and in this one, like, he tries to ask her, you know, like, he brings up the, like, I woke up Norm, things are going bad. Um, well, and, and he's the like, Agnes you... thing. Right, yeah. yeah. And he's like, you can't control me. And she says, can't I, though? And literally tries yeah. to end the episode mm-hmm. by, like, starting the credits because i assume that's worked for her in the past yeah yeah he and he he's like, walks yo. past and he's like fuck no we're, we're fucking talking about this yeah so things are starting it's, to unravel it's a it's a great scene by the way when oh, they so yeah. good like they have that standoff they moment like, oh, yeah they yeah. So fly up in the air so good it's just another like perfect genre reference of like the afternoon special mm-hmm. of yeah. the heavy topics like yeah. when sparky dies and everything like, yeah yeah definitely and i uh, but for the record i'm pretty sure that the influence here is full house um which is also kind of hilarious yeah. considering that elizabeth olsen sisters were obviously in yeah. that show so yeah another <laughs> meta reference but even it's definitely of, a full house growing pains it, well it, and it felt reference. more full house to me just because of like they have the, like those piano jingles that feel very very similar to like what they do yeah. in that show so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I loved all of that stuff. Um, and yeah, then he mentions he can't remember anything before Westview, which gives, you yeah, know, yeah. just more and more credence to the fact that like he was dead yeah. and yeah. she, you know, like Absolutely. she brought him back and to life within Westview. And then, so that's all he can remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And, and, and for the record, I, I just want to say like it, just the whole series so far, but especially episodes five and six. Like, Paul Bettany's face acting in the show is Dude. so yeah. fucking good. Like, it is top-notch. Like, he does <laughs> so much with so little, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just so impressive. And I love that he's really getting an opportunity to shine in this show because, you know, Vision was, for a lot of those movies, like, kind of window dressing, you know? Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's there, but he never really gets the spotlight in a way that this show does. Um, and also, it's kind of amazing that, like, Paul Bettany basically, like, yeah, I'll cameo in Iron Man as Jarvis and like 10 years later, like he's doing this, you know? So it's, it's this incredible like progression for his character in the MCU. Yeah, man. We would have been robbed if all we got out of him was like the vision stuff. You and, know what I mean? I like, mean, I, and it's good, but it's like we deserve what we're well, currently getting from him. Ironically yeah. enough, um, to, I guess to connect everything, uh, it was Joss who actually suggested that they cast Paul Bettany um as vision because all right we gotta recast um, paul Bettany. yeah exactly so i just i mean again like it, like it, despite what joss whedon did like that doesn't negate the fact that like he did a good casting and it's like paying off for yeah. the mcu you know what i mean so it's dude i, don't know, I hate that i just actually. revisited fucking age of ultron and was like oh it's not that bad and then like you know like oh it's not as bad as i remember later. and then all this joss stuff came out and i'm like 
No, it fucking sucks. I hate yeah. it. It's yeah. the fucking worst movie ever. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not um, like you, you have to remember that Vision is worthy, man. You know, he lifted the hammer. So like yeah. uh, he's pretty special to the MCU, whether or not we got that from before WandaVision or not. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. We'll but yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's like I said, more so the progression that he's gone through as an actor in this series is just so awesome. Yeah, it's great. OK, before we get to the ending, yes, because we were almost there with that fight between them. I have a fucking wild theory. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was last episode when Hayward walks Monica through the sword headquarters, right? And everyone was like, well, man, wow, what are they what, what are they building in there, right? Um, I'm going to theorize, and then we can talk about it more during our episode six breakdown, which is also in this episode, um, <laughs> that they were building sentinels. Ooh. Interesting. Mm. Now, okay. moving on. Uh, I'll get back to that in episode six, but I think they're building Sentinels and I will tell you guys why later. Um, Now, Mm. Wanda's trying to convince Vision that like she's not doing everything, even though like we know she kind of is. But we do know also that like the cracks are showing on the wall. So there probably are some things that she's not controlling, like the kids Mm -hmm. aging up, the dog dying, um, things like that. And then the doorbell rings and she tries to convince Vision that like she didn't do that. Um, I tend to believe her in that moment yeah. she seems genuinely yeah. surprised yeah and when she opens the door it's none other than her wacky brother <laughs> pietro maximoff just... um played by evan peters as we talked about earlier in this episode. yeah i mean say what you will about uh aaron taylor johnson's interpretation of the character but I mean, it, it, it's really hard to deny at this point that, like, Evan Peters is, like, the superior, you know, um It also just works so well as, like, yeah. the, like, the wacky uncle for the sitcom yeah. thing. Like, I know. I, yeah. could, I, know. I, I don't see Aaron Taylor Johnson pulling off that kind of, like, no. yeah. uh, right. wacky, like, hey, yeah. who's the popsicle? Yeah, like, <laughs> okay. yeah exactly. Like, I don't see like, Aaron Taylor Johnson pulling that off. No. The recasting trope, too, again, coming back mm-hmm. to the genre, like, that was such a thing in the 90s mm-hmm. sitcom world to, to recast. And so, yeah. like, the fact that freaking darcy calls it out like yeah no it's she perfect. Perfect. Did she, did she <laughs> like, it's amazing um well and that's the biggest theory from the episode and i want to make sure to touch on it on the podcast because i can't remember you know like what we talk about in our real lives versus when it's on air <laughs> yeah um it's it's interesting to think about is this a creation of her own mind or did she bring him from the multiverse or is she you know, just creating him out of thin air. Um, these are all questions that, you know, the fans have had. Um, I don't think five. she created him at all. No, I think, I think if anything, episode six kind of answers that question in terms of, we see the same kind of grayed out look that we did with vision earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of this, this the answer to that personally. Yeah. Um, it is of note that the Disney, so you can listen to like an audio description of these episodes on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I guess for people who are blind, um, yeah. or at least like yeah. vision visually impaired, impaired. vision yeah. impaired. <laughs> hey, um, Boo. and it says, and it says, um, Quicksilver from the X Men franchise. <gasps> so I just, just saying, Ooh-hoo-hoo. it does specifically call out the X Men franchise. Totally, totally. Um. um yeah, I mean, it, like, it's interesting because especially with that moment later on, like, they treat it as if it's the, the 
they treat him as if he's the Aaron Taylor Johnson version, but he's also not. Mm-hmm. So it's like really kind of, you know. Yeah, um, when we get to episode six, I have exactly. To oh, open. Well, that's it's the open. end of episode five. So here we are, episode well, six. Well, I, I will say to transition to episode six, one of the things that I found really fascinating, and you know, it's obviously like they don't really p- put a big emphasis on it, but how um, it, the whole thing with Vision in like episode five is like, oh, like why are there no children in Westview, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the whole next episode is all children. So it's like clearly yeah. Wanda is like the spooktacular. Yeah, it's clearly yes. Wanda's like understanding that he's having these questions and she's trying to like sort of put a band-aid on it you know what i mean and like cover up the truth really so um just a subtle thing that i thought was really nice um before we move on from episode five uh i had an interesting discussion uh on clubhouse about episode five um Mm -hmm. and uh specifically about agnes Okay. And, you know, we've talked about the theories Mm -hmm. of who she really is and everything. And people were pointing out just that, number one, the boys only age up when Agnes is around. When she's around. Yeah. So are they... That's not a wrong theory. Yeah. Is she assisting them? Um, Or is she doing it? I do Um, think it's a coincidence considering that, like, Wiccan does have magical powers you know what i mean it's not yes. out of the realm of possibility that he's just doing it because he has wanda type uh, abilities yeah um yes, but it is a funny but coincidence that she's always around when they do it yeah. it is also implied in episode six that like he hasn't come into his powers um the way that his brother has yeah. so i think his powers are there but i don't know if he's fully yeah, they, they, they it, I think they she's sort of, encouraging it. I think they sort of hinted um, at it in episode six. Yeah. And then also because like to further add to that is the fact that the dog died so quickly. She was the one that found the dead dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people were theorizing that she killed the dog on purpose to make the boys age up again, mm. but wanted to stop them. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because no. Sparky is also that long line of animals we're seeing in every episode, which is another one of those yeah. theories that, like, you know, that the villain is somehow involved, you know, through that. So, well, th- um, yeah, and that's another theory is that it is, um, wow, I'm blanking on his Mephisto, name, right? Mephisto, yeah. because, you know, in the, the Bible and everything, devil often comes in animal forms, and there has mm-hmm. been an animal in every episode. So, mm-hmm. We went down the theory yeah, there's, rabbit there's, hole yeah. and it was great. You yeah. guys. A lot <laughs> so of... I'm trying to get you on Clubhouse. Totally. I know. I um, it, seriously. Someone pointed but, out yeah. to me, unfortunately, that like, um, because I've always thought it would be Mephisto, but someone pointed out that that would tank the Chinese market mm-hmm. for Disney. And yeah. I do kind of tend to agree that they would not do something like that to ruin their yeah. profit. So I mean, unfortunately, they're they would... adding in a ton of Easter eggs then that like or red herrings rather that hint at Mephisto and then it's not Mephisto because yeah. like even uh, on the bottom of the bad. toaster, it's like six, six, six on the bottom of the toaster. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's all there's signs pointing of... to Mephisto. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. And you know how the MCU does it like they always adapt and I change would love... and make it fit for their purposes. So, yeah. yeah, I would love to believe that Disney wouldn't sacrifice profit for or they would sacrifice profit for story, but I don't. Fuck no, not right now. Think dude. they they're, would. They're, so. Their profits are like at all time low, at least compared to the last twenty years. You know. Um, so yeah, it's unfortunate so. that someone pointed that out to me, and I was like, "Fuck, you're probably right." Yeah. Um, uh, but okay, episode six but... opens up with the coolest uh, sitcom opening of all fucking time. <laughs> yeah. 
Malcolm I was in getting the middle, heavy baby. Pete and Pete vibes, but it's yes, yeah. it's definitely Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. Um, well, Sarah showed me the intro, and then also like how they're talking to camera and stuff at the beginning. Yeah. It very much yeah. has that same idea. So yeah, it was um, just so fucking spot on. Also, dude. the lyrics were so heavy handed. Yeah, it was like yeah. uh, something. It 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 was a whole lot of like don't don't look too heavily into like yeah. things. It's that are all weird. an illusion. Like yeah. Yeah, illusion yeah. kept getting repeated very loudly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Um, quick question for you guys before we actually jump into this episode: Do you think the Pietro reveal was the big cameo they were talking about, or do you think there's still... no. not at all? I don't Not think so all. either. I'm convinced that there's still a a big name that we're we're gonna see yeah. in these last few episodes. Yeah. Um. I will say that I read somewhere today that the last three episodes are actually gonna be an hour an hour apiece. Um, I've heard that. So, so that's really nice. That. But yes. it actually makes sense if you add it up. So originally they were saying that it was gonna be a six episode series, and yeah. somehow it turned into nine. Well, if you add mm. up the first six episodes, yeah. which are about thirty minutes apiece. That equals three hours. And then if you have the last three episodes or three hours, that's six hours. So originally this show mm-hmm. was clearly supposed to be hour-long episodes. Um, and I'm actually kind of glad they broke it up a little bit more. So Yeah, especially if it was just like, you know, written exactly the same and they squished two episodes yeah. together. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, especially with the first few. Like it's nice to have that clear mm-hmm. distinction between decades and mm-hmm. stuff. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I guess we first learned that uh, that it's Halloween, right? This is the Halloween episode, finally, that we've The been... spooktacular. Yeah, the spooktacular. We get to see, obviously, the classic Vision and Wanda outfits, which um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, still amazing, even though we've seen the teases of it. Like, just really she cool. says it's a Sokovian fortune teller is, yeah. Is, yeah. is her uh, <laughs> explanation and of it. Vision is a luchador. Yeah. Yes. Pretty good. It is interesting that he says it's the only outfit in his closet right now, which clearly shows that Wanda is controlling what he wears. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, I find has, that an he, interesting touch. He has but the ability he does to say, change his appearance, too. So it's like. Right. Yeah. Which he is did say just funny. kidding after he said that. So. But was he? That's like. Do a, we know? I know. Kidding guys, not really kidding, though. Right. Uh, wink, wink. The, w- yeah. the Wiccan costume is super fucking dope. Um, um That's my friend's going. kid, by the way. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Julie. The kids are fucking great, man. And it sucks just, that they're going to have to age up again. I was just going to yeah. say. The young Avengers, because they're doing fucking great, great work right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they can't have like 10-year-olds alongside uh, Haley Steinfeld in fucking, you know, yeah. <laughs> in Young Avengers, yeah. unfortunately. Um, yeah, we get a lot of shenanigans at the beginning with Uncle Pietro, you know, using his fucking super speed, which is super cool. Uh, mm-hmm. it's so good, have, dude. Having a good time. Very clearly the wacky uncle in, you yeah. know, like it's, the sitcom world. It's so good. Like, I just, Evan Peters just like having a total ball in this episode, like in general, yeah. you know, like, oh man. Um, I do think it's interesting too that they sort of, took the same design from Age of Ultron in terms of how Quicksilver moves. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's it, definitely very different from what they did in the X-Men movies. So, again, blending yeah. those elements of the the MCU and the Fox movies. So, um, yeah. I don't know, just a small observation, but I found that interesting as well. No, it's great. Um, and uh, Vision says that he's not able to take the kids trick-or-treating because he's got something else to do. He yeah, kind of lies got, to her, right, and says he's got, like... Watch. The neighborhood watch. Yeah. We find out that that's not true, and then we find mm-hmm. out, you know, what what he's actually up to. Yeah. Um. But I really like when we first get back to the sword headquarters, and Hayward's kind of being a dick hole as he has been. He kicks uh, Jimmy, Monica, and Darcy out of 
the sword facility. Yeah. And yo, Jimmy Woo can fucking throw hands, man. Right. Yeah. Uh, they Seriously. get outside and they just fucking <laughs> whoop some sh- like. Yeah. You guys didn't put these sword agents through proper training if Jimmy Woo can kick their well, ass. Well, so my, uh, my yeah. question is like not only that, but like why does Sword and Shield keep hiring these fucking incompetent assholes who like don't trust their people <laughs> to do what they do? Like again, you you've seen enough in this universe at this point with like existential threats and like all the shit that always happens like you would think to, you would learn to trust your people, but I know obviously that's just story. But I think but... that's why I think Hayward's a bad guy. I think Hayward's oh, building some sentinels. Hundred percent. You think so? Uh, okay, that would make sense. He's definitely a bad dogs. guy. Like, well, yeah, he's super shady. Well, but you know, you you always have like the bureaucratic bad guy, and then you have like the real right. villain. You know, he's obviously not the real no. villain, but one hundred percent, he's not like you know um, an ally. That's for sure. Yeah. I also loved how before Jimmy started throwing fists, like he came in and was like, dude, don't be a dick to the ladies too. Like, yeah, not that they can't stand up for themselves, but mm-hmm. like that, like allyship was like, yeah, Jimmy Woo. Yeah. You, you see what he says is wrong and yeah. you stand up to him. <laughs> I can't wait to watch your single show. <laughs> Your X Files yes. show. Yes, <laughs> I can't. I fucking need that show. I'm so excited that apparently it's officially been pitched. Uh, so we'll see if it happens. But that's exciting yeah. that they're like, "Hey, we could maybe do this." <laughs> yeah. Um. um but Taylor. yeah, so they kick butt. Yeah. There's speaking of kicking ass. Um, isn't there a fun? little throwaway Indeed. line in Indeed. this episode yeah at some, i don't remember <laughs> what the context is but at some point she goes uh, wanda says kick ass and the first thing i thought of was kick ass because both evan peters um and aaron taylor johnson are in that so it's like yes. that moment that, that moment when quicksilver is in the same scene with quicksilver you know yes yeah so it's fucking great yeah i there's no way that that's not a reference no 100 percent. it's oh, just absolutely it's just, I, yeah it just makes me giddy because i love kick ass yeah so. Uh, yes. yeah, I don't know. There's, you know, this whole sequence with the trick or treating is cute. We get to see Evan Peters, you know, just continually use his Quicksilver abilities with the kids. Um, then we see Vision, and it seems like the further he gets away from Wanda, the further he ventures into the city, the less control she has, or not, 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 not the less control she has over these people, but the less that the people are active. She kind of has them like dormant yeah. it almost seems yeah. like yeah. until yeah, she if, comes close and then it's like if they don't need to be active they're not active yeah. and yeah. vision's starting to kind of get suspicious mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and you were talking about how in episode five like norm says like how much it hurts and we yeah. see this kind of re-emphasized in this with the woman who's just you know doing the repetitive motion of hanging up the halloween decoration and just like a tear coming down her cheek mm-hmm. as she's doing that yeah so. totally small subtle thing you know and then uh what i found i was not expecting it to be agnes which he mm-hmm. eventually finds and approaches towards the outskirts of the city um you know and i think it's basically revealed that she's dead um if i'm not mistaken no no she asks she asks she asks oh am she i says, dead she says he's yeah and then she, yes she, she says yeah. you're dead that's right that's what it was visions um, yeah she yeah. reveals visions dead exactly but i do Which, find it interesting that i think this maybe gives a little bit more credence to her nest like uh maybe being in on it a little bit because the other people he finds that far away from wanda are not moving and are not speaking at all yeah and when he finds her I don't know if she's pretending to be frozen, but she like she speaks. She can yeah. talk 
before he like wakes her up it seems mm-hmm. yeah um, and then she so quickly snap back snaps back into being okay and turning around yeah it seemed you know? a little suspicious um but we find out more about vision not understanding where he is or who he is because he doesn't know who the avengers are um yeah. which, you know so like clearly yeah. memory really doesn't go past uh his time in westview yeah which is unfortunate for him <laughs> yeah yeah um totally i also i wanted to jump to the i wanted to uh, talk about the commercials because that's been an ongoing thing mm-hmm. as well yeah. Uh, the the one in episode five was Lagos Paper Towels, which is of course oh yeah we didn't even to, talk about that yeah um, yeah civil, the events of Civil War boo boo the beginning <laughs> of that film uh, but the one I was curious about with you guys is um, the there's, it's it's a, I believe it's called Yo Magic Yogurt it's like a claymation yeah. type thing like mm-hmm. what is that in reference to because f- for me off the top of my head I mean I couldn't really think of anything other than like you know she does magic so. Yeah, I mean, I think it um, because it happens before we see what happens with Vision and in the claymation, like the thing like dies, like the the guy dies Mm -hmm. because he can't eat the magic. And so I think my interpretation of it is that it's um, a commentary on the fact that like Vision is only alive because of her magic. Yeah, that that would make sense. That's kind of what I thought is like maybe that's a so. reference to like all the Infinity War stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I have uh, a theory that either that either someone is feeding off of Wanda's magic, mm-hmm. um, or she's feeding off the people with her magic, and that's why Norm is like mm-hmm. it hurts. Yeah, so I think she's either actively killing them by doing this, and she doesn't know it. Or mm-hmm. someone is, uh, you know, there is the theory that like while Wanda is doing this, she's not completely in control, and that someone yeah. is feeding off of her uh, power. Yeah. Um, that's what I get. That would that would track. I feel like, especially uh, with some of the conversations that she has with Pietro in this episode, yeah. seem yeah. to be like instigating and pushing her to do magic. Yeah, he does seem mm-hmm. to. So here's here's the thing: is he, you know. Is he the Fox X-Men Quicksilver? We don't know. But he does definitely have memories of Aaron Taylor Johnson Quicksilver mm-hmm. in this episode because he's like, I don't know. The last thing I remember, I died in the street like a chump. You yeah. know, like. Well, yeah. yeah. And then they also, these... I mean, he gets shot in Age of Ultron and they, they you know, obviously reference that. They flash with, to him and he's yeah. got all the bullets. Yeah. In him. So that's what I thought was weird, too, was like with Vision, obviously, when we saw, quote unquote, dead Vision, mm-hmm. um, he looked the same. Yeah. But with this one, I did find it interesting that when we saw Dead Quicksilver, it was Evan still. Yeah. Yeah. So we found out in the last episode, which we kind of glossed over really quickly, mm-hmm. um, is that she can rewrite the molecules of these things. Yeah. Right. And so it, right, yeah. um, it's just very possible that she just, you know, recreated. Configured. Yeah. However she wanted to, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but, you know, and I don't like how she actually does it, I don't think is the important thing. It's more so this idea of like they're combining essentially like both of those versions into one version. Yeah. Like he's got the memories of Aaron Taylor Johnson, but he, you know, but I he just looks appearance. like. Yeah. I just don't think she created him. I don't know if she created him, but I, you know, if she brought him through the multiverse, she has the ability to like change him yeah. as we see. I don't see. think she has anything to do with him, though. 
Mm. In what respect? Like, I think it's whoever else is connected to what's ever going on with her created him or brought him in or whatever. I see. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Because she she does not she does not trust him. She did not know that he was at the door. Like, yeah. She's she, testing him in this episode with yeah. questions. But she also like, has, I don't like, think distant memories. So it's like, yeah, that that could be valid. You know, it's tough to I, say yeah. at this point because, like, you know, another thing that I'm thinking about too in that regard is like, okay, like clearly Quicksilver's here, but are they going to actually like bring him back, or is he just more like a one-off use, like for this story or for this thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. again, that question of whether he's actually alive or not, because you know that could be determined whether like, oh, she pulled you know, a different version of him from the multiverse or, you know, like there could be a, a lot of different things that could happen. But um, I think it's probably, I would say the, the the easier answer is probably the most logical one in this regard, you know, like the most Hopefully, obvious yeah. answer, I guess. Uh, at this point, we see, we also see the kids both, you know, start using their abilities, which is super cool. We see speed yeah. running really quickly. Wiccan stops speed with his powers, which kind of shows how powerful he is, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and it's blue instead of red, which is cool. Yeah. It's like the same abilities, but a different color. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we get... I'm, I, well, I'm wondering how I want to talk about the timeline of the, of the episode. Um, we see... Darcy tell Monica that she can't go back through the hex because it's rewritten her DNA twice already. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, if you know, if not anything, is literally uh, the the X Men. Like this, <laughs> I think this is how we're gonna get the X Men in the MCU. You know, a lot of people, myself included, speculated that like the multiverse was gonna open and the X Men would come through that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's pretty obvious that like they're re- they're getting really heavy handed on the like she can rewrite genetic code. Yeah. And, uh, so like yeah. now there's mutation. Like people who are in the bubble like have some sort of mutation or yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think which which again I this is why I think Hayward's building Sentinels. Like I think yeah. he's gonna be if they don't bring like Bolivar Trask back, um, you know, which which is fine because it doesn't have to be the same dude's name. There just yeah. has to be someone out there like heavily a- anti mutant. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think maybe yeah. Hayward is going to be that guy. Yeah. Well, and we also like this further proves that like he's a bad guy because we find out that he's actually been tracking Vision this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's depressing, man. Yeah. He's 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 tracking the decaying uh, vibranium. vibranium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which further proves that Vision is fucking one hundred percent dead because yeah. he 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 leaves the hex yeah. to try to talk Pushes to them. The wall. And you can kind of which is it it really dawned on me, which I'm it it was really crazy to see in like real time, like the pieces of him that she created are being sucked back into yeah. the hex because that's where they belong. Yeah. And what's left is like the dead version of him that lived outside the hex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which was just a powerful scene, man. Like, yeah, yeah seriously. Um, him, like not really understanding what's happening, but still trying to push forward, even though he's essentially like killing himself in the pro like it's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously from there, I think it's, it's at that point that, um, which boy is it? I think it's Billy. Billy. Yeah. yeah. Billy. Oh, he oh, like recognizes Wiccan. this. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he tells, um, Wanda, you know, and then obviously at that point, 
um, she intervenes, which I <laughs> I was not expecting. But it's like, yo, you know, if this is the best way to solve this issue, like, I guess so, yeah. right? Like, it's just a very surprising ending to this episode because it gets kind of wild, you know. You know, the, the bubble expands and like everything turns like sort yeah. of. It's like a very circus kind of feel, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, because she thinks well, the sword is a bunch of fucking clowns. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's just really funny the way they handled that. But you know, also the fact that um, that uh, people who are on the outside are, have basically now been pulled to the inside through this. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe it's which is kind of where. Yeah, I think Darcy's in that, there, for including sure. Darcy. Yeah, Darcy's in there yeah. for sure. Yeah. Darcy gets stuck in the hex. It really shows how powerful Wanda is, man. She mm-hmm. literally pauses everything in Westview and then just fucking like like explodes the hex, man. Like, you know, she just needed to inch it that like 10 feet to save vision and instead yeah. she fucking like keeps going. Yeah. Keeps going, dude. Yeah. He escapes, um, unfortunately, as do uh Jimmy and Monica. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're led to believe we didn't see them escape, but they went off on their own to find this uh, aerospace engineer, which seems like we're going to get a cameo for next week of someone. Now, let me tell you guys this. The leakers who have been leaking all these things like uh, Evan Peters being in the show, about the children, about all these things that I've read, they literally said, um, we're not going to spoil what's going on next week because it's a huge fucking surprise and they oh dang like yeah. when the fucking leakers are like we don't want to leak this you yeah know it's gonna be fucking big um, <laughs> no i mean i hey. bet still on some sort of fantastic four re- reference yeah um, yeah uh i think the, the i think the the villain i think that might be the big reveal this this yeah. upcoming episode is like who is the antagonist like sort of again pulling the strings if you will behind the scenes um yeah, unless it's unless it like the more the episodes go on, man, the more I just think it's fucking Wanda. I mean, that's fine, but I still feel like this show has to have some sort of antagonist. Like it wouldn't be an yeah. MCU movie if they they always have some sort of antagonist, dude. And it can't just be Hayward. Like he's not well, a good enough villain. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because she also <laughs> in this episode said she doesn't know how it happened. She yeah. was like, I was just so alone. Mm-hmm. And then this happened. Yeah. Like, and even, I, even I don't think her her grief would have just manifested this without her being totally. anyone aware of it. And and also, you know, that plays into that idea of like, even though we see her breaking in what seems like under her own will to get Vision's body, like she could very well be under the control of someone else at that point. You know, especially because she doesn't remember any of that stuff. That's valid. So. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, I have a feeling that the, the true antagonist is going to pop their head up this week. I hope. because if, As I if... always do, yeah. I have a theory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool that she really, like I said, she really only needed to move that hex like 10 feet. And instead, like, she exploded it like a couple miles. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a theory. While, yes, the next show we're going to get is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that that can take place in any timeline. It's not like mm-hmm. set in stone when that show takes place in accordance with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that at the, by by the end of WandaVision, the hex is going to cover the entire planet. <gasps> and that leads into the multiverse of madness mm-hmm. where like to Dr. Strange has to like go through the multiverse to like undo what Wanda has done, which would mm-hmm. then lead, I think to the creation of X-Men because you know, if it's just the couple people in Westview who like get their G- DNA rewritten, then they're yeah. kind of really stuck on like who can be an X Man. Yeah. But if she 
takes over the whole planet. Um, you know, maybe not everybody who gets their DNA rewritten gets a power, you know, so on and so forth. Not all people get the X gene, yeah. the hex gene, hey. um, which I think is where the X gene <laughs> will come from. Gene. I'm going off into fucking fan theory land. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we can Charlie Day board again. Powerful enough. Yes, exactly. She's powerful enough to expand this hex. Who knows how much more, you know, okay, maybe not the whole planet, but I think it. I think by the end it's going to get uh, exponentially larger than it currently is. Yeah, I don't that would, see that would make sense. That would Doctor make a lot of Strange sense. needing to get involved if it was just like a small, a ten mile radius. You know, what yeah. I, mean? I think it's going to get really, really bad by the yeah. end of the season. Totally. Interesting. Yeah, I would not be surprised by that at all. Yeah, sure. that's my hex gene theory. Um, hmm. Hex gene. <laughs> I refuse to believe that I'm wrong. Yeah. Until the show proves you wrong. Nah, nah he still won't believe wrong. it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's the same thing. Come on, the, tell me that. It's the same them, thing with the suicide squad. Suicide squad. <laughs> yeah. But come on, tell me that them straight up uh, confirming that Wanda's rewriting people's DNA. Tell me that's just not them talking about fucking X-Men. I, mean, it, it, I it, refuse to believe it I'm makes, wrong. It makes sense. Like, whether or not that will actually play out, like, the X-Men stuff, will the groundwork will be laid out in this show. Like, I think that's a different story. Like, because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like, in like they Marvel's always done that, right? Like, uh, a perfect example is in um, The Winter Soldier. Like, there's that scene on the rooftop, and the, the, I can't remember his name, but one of the, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents is like, Oh yeah, Doctor Stephen Strange, you know, and all this stuff, and like that was, you know, essentially yeah. like w- before they had even introduced the character. So, you know, I think they, they, they this is kind of just their way of layering it in, um, and then they have that foundation to build off of hopefully later. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, man. I had a theory, and I don't. Again, I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast or just with you guys personally. But I had thought like maybe Professor X would come in at the end of the series. Um, but mm. now I'm starting. To, there's a really, there's a really big house of m moment where the avengers have wanda and magneto shows up all pissed off and he's like give me my fucking daughter mm-hmm. now i'm starting to think maybe the end of the show is going to be magneto showing up uh, that would line. be way more logical also yeah. i don't know if you guys have yeah. seen there's a clip that goes around um uh from i think it's the age of ultron um like junket and they ask Elizabeth Olsen, like, oh, if, if, like, what would be, like, your ideal, like, Wanda story to tell? And she's yeah. like, yo, I'd love to do House of M. And she starts talking about twins yeah. and all this and that. And I'm like, well, I mean, is this show really a House of M uh, sort of adaptation? I think it's it a reverse be. House of M. Yeah, like, in, in, in the House of M, she gets rid of all mutants. And I think mm-hmm. this is a House of M where she creates all mutants. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that's what I'm just saying. Um, like, it's kind of has that influence, but a different spin on it, like the MCU always does. So. Well, and, like, the ripping yeah. away of Vision is really reminiscent of that that House of M comic cover where she's all pixelated in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely House of M homages, regardless of if they yeah. really mm-hmm. go that it's route direct, or not. Yeah. Who do you got? Who do you? I'm still stuck on this aerospace engineer. Who do you got? Who do you guys think it is? Who do you? Who do you? What think do you mean aerospace I need, engineer? I need answers. Monica's contact. Monica's contact. Oh, oh, yeah. That's right. I, it keeps coming up, yeah. and we we still have no um, answer. It's got to be. It's got to be someone connected to Captain Marvel in some way, um, because Reed that's kind Richards. Of... Reed Richards. <laughs> I mean Reed Richards. Or it could be. Uh... 
Maybe that's the Victor cameo. Vaughn, I was going to say, doesn't Victor, Victor Vaughn, Vaughn have like aerospace connections like in, in the comics? I know he does in the movie, but the movie's like doesn't count. So <laughs> I think it would be a, a just a real shame if it wasn't some sort of Fantastic Four connection. Um, mm-hmm. The I think producer or writer or showrunner has said that there's no Fantastic Four connection in WandaVision whatsoever. But Doctor Strange himself, Benedict Cumberbatch, said he was not going to play Doctor Strange until he was confirmed <laughs> that he was. Tatiana Maslane said she wasn't She-Hulk for the longest time until it was confirmed that she was. Yeah. So, you know, just because someone says something isn't going to happen doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Unless it's yeah. Tom Holland. Yeah. He's actually gotten better about that in the recent years. <laughs> Probably because they're not giving him real scripts. Yeah. Only slightly. Totally. Yeah. They're, like, they're like, here's your pages for the sides for the day. Good. <laughs> you don't need Learn context. your lines in yeah, the next two hours. Yeah, you don't need context. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny. I actually read a story recently too about uh I think it was John Watts like when they were on set for Spider-Man 3 like obviously he um he just got done doing Uncharted before moving to Spider-Man 3 and so yeah. they, he was telling the story about like how he still was trying to like shake off like the swagger of like Nathan Drake. Um and so <laughs> Oh my and, gosh. Yeah, Tom. and and so John Watts was like 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 okay, like you need to like shake you know, like essentially like he's telling him like okay we need, to get, we need to be in peter parker <laughs> mode not nathan drake mode. yeah but but i do think it's hilarious that like obviously tom so Holland has that range like he can play someone who's i mean it's hard to say what they're going to do in the movie but he's playing an adult in uncharted um and then jumping back to like essentially playing a teenager in the spider-man movies and like that's yeah. you know that's range baby <laughs> Yeah, very excited. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what, what else to say about the episode. I think it's crazy that the hex has moved forward. Yeah, um, yeah. can't wait to see. Some yeah, more only clown three shit. episodes left, man. So it's going to be insane. Yeah. I yeah, the big. I think the big cameo really can only be, I guess maybe Doctor Strange, but I think that's kind of um, expected. So well, they're talking I... about a cameo in terms of an actor. Like, actor, yeah. yeah. So what well, I think what I'm we're, like, we're going to see a big name as the villain is my guess. Like I th- I'm I'm honestly like 95% convinced yeah, that like, I don't whoever's think it's... playing the villain is going to be a very big name. I don't Michael think it's anyone Fassbender, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> I mean I I, I would... definitely don't think it's an established MCU character that's the big cameo. I think yeah. it's someone new. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yep. For sure. Yep. For sure. That's what I'm I that's what I'm leaning to. I honestly well. don't care which X-Man it is. I just want it to be an X-Man. <laughs> just an X-Man. Dude, what but, if it was know, Deadpool, Patrick Stewart. Oh my that would God, be, I would be, be incredible. <laughs> that would be weird. He's like, what it would "Hey be. guys, I'm here to fix this shit for you." <laughs> Doing Deadpool things, you know. <laughs> I wanted to. I think be it being Sir Ian McKellen would be cool, but like mm. he's so old that like the longevity of making him no. Magneto again seems improbable. But then Michael Fassbender is too young to be her dad, so it's like, it's like, yeah. they're gonna but have to... at the same time, like we know that he's not in this reality, so he might yeah. be jumping realities, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's I still want be... it to be Patrick Stewart and he's like, come to me, my child. <laughs> I will, I will yeah. make your pain go away. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so cool. Well, just, <laughs> it's okay. It's going to be all right. No, I think they're well, going to have to recast, you know? It's, I just don't yeah. see. It's going to be tough to do that too, because like, how do you yeah. cast those iconic, you know, roles? So, Oof. I mean, they did it once already, didn't they? They did, they did. But you know, it, you run into the the problem of, you know, the Spider Man problem of where you have three different fucking people playing the same characters, you know, and it's like 
hard, especially when you attach yourself to one version of that character, it's hard to see like a different interpretation of that, you know? So, Mm -hmm. Jesus, this fucking thing keeps falling off. Screw you, (laughs) pop filter. I need to get one like Joel. Yeah, bud, look at this bullshit. I saw it from John Roca. I know. Um, The outlaw. Yeah, that's kind of it, man. I don't know. Uh, Shit's going wild. I hope Hex takes over the whole planet. Uh, That'd be that'd be fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find well, out next week, I guess. We'll see. I have a feeling that we're, we're probably going to shoot for doing weekly roundups on these, you know, as they come out. I was just Ooh. about to say, I was just about to say, I can't promise you guys anything, oh, yeah, but we'll try to do it next exactly. week. Exactly. Wait two weeks. Yeah. Exactly. That's it's a uh, busy times, especially for me right now. But um, point being is, if we don't get to do one next week, we'll definitely do one for eight, and then for the finale, we'll obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're definitely that. getting one in two weeks. You might get one next week. Exactly. Yes. And this is why you guys love to listen to us. Yeah. We're full of surprises. We well, keep you on your toes. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we've kind of shifted to like a bi-weekly schedule at this point. So like, I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory and standard. But uh, It's working yeah. for our numbers, I can tell you that. Hey, there you go. <laughs> it's consistency, really. It's just that, you I know. mean, yo, we can finish this with Wanda and then it'll be winter soldier Talking time winter and we soldier. can do that exactly. every two weeks. Yep. Like, and then we're going to have some you big movies wrong. coming out in between then too. So that'll be nice. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, we have Godzilla Hopefully. versus Kong coming out. So there's that to look forward to. Yeah. We've That's got true. definitely Warner brothers movies. Coming yeah. Out. We've, we've got a, <laughs> yes. we've got the Zack Snyder cut. So, uh, no, we don't. <laughs> I thought we were going to get one episode without any mention of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Taylor, I mean it Literally. is coming, coming, so yeah. close. I mean it is. It comes out around the same time as Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so yeah, that's our goal next week. Extre- Actually, no, that's not going to happen because we're going to have to talk about the trailer. So, look, I will give Zack Snyder one compliment, and that is a uh, black, angry, black suited, angry Superman shooting lasers from his eyes looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, I think the biggest that's all uh, you're going to get. Yeah, out of no, and I don't know if you, there was a still uh, another tease they released today of like Batman on the Bat Tank from like um, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Didn't see that, no. mm-hmm. um, it's it's actually pretty cool, but it's also like you know it's going to be empty as fuck. Like these are like cool stuff that he's throwing in there, but it's not going to probably ultimately mean anything because that's what's. Oh, Zack it's going to be a Zack Snyder movie. Um, oh my god, yeah. we talk about the Joker. Oh, news, we didn't. The oh man, that's so. Fine, okay, so, we don't need to. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> anyway, it's, it looks dumb. The end. I just, like, <laughs> like I just wish that they would do something different than, like, what Nolan did, right? Because they did that with Suicide Squad. They did that here. Like, just do something different. Don't be... Don't take the makeup and, oh, I put my own... Smeared my own makeup on look. Like, it's... Intellectually... Taylor, he, he looks like he's, a, uh, like, the 10th member of Slipknot. I mean, he, he does. It's, it's kind of that. it's kind of funny, actually. Um, no, but it's it feels like a very creatively like bankrupt decision in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't want to judge yeah. it until we actually see the movie and all that stuff. And I'm sure I'll probably I'll let you judge way, it for but, me because I refuse yeah, to watch it. But point being is, what the true question is like, I want to know is like, are we going to see a scene of Desaad getting, uh, or um, excuse me, not Desaad, maybe Desaad too, but. Uh, dark side getting like a good pump going before he goes out to like terrorize the galaxy like that's my question because uh, dark side <laughs> is like just absolutely jacked in this movie so maybe those alien races are just bold jacked <laughs> huge jack huge huge jacked man and alien confirmed yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not from this planet yeah <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, thanks uh, to everybody for listening to this episode of Pop Pop the Pop Culture Podcast. Like we said, we'll try to get you one next week. If not, suck it up and you'll see us in two weeks. Yeah, it'll just be uh, double Taylor, the Taylor, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Taylor Salen on Twitter. Lauren? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on the Instagrams and also now Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Mm, we're going to yeah. check that out. We, might, check that we out. might dabble in it. We don't know yeah. yet. I'm skeptical yeah. hey, on social it, media because I'm old. Absolutely. And if it gives us an opportunity <laughs> to like uh, converse with um, you know our listeners a little bit too, that might yeah. be a, a sweet opportunity I mean, as well. So Yeah, that's exactly like my thought on it. But but yeah. we'll discuss. We'll see. But in the meantime, I'm there Yeah, and pop in well, every so well, hit, often. Hit so. Lauren up if you guys are on that uh pew, pew. you know yeah look i see the numbers on the podcast we're getting steadily more listeners the more we are consistent why, why don't you guys drop us a little itunes review that'd oh, be cool yeah. um that'd be love. fun show us some love hey on instagram twitter <laughs> yeah i mean after the gina carano thing today you can show us all the fucking hate you want i'm sure they're I'm sure there's people out there who will. Uh, anyway, I'm everywhere on social media at that uh, hashtag. I did the the new episodes are dropping on Fan Theory TV of We Watch Dollhouse. I'm gonna leave uh, that dude's name out of it. Um, we don't know how we're gonna move forward with the show yet. Maybe just change the title of the show um, to We Watch Dollhouse. Uh, hmm. un, 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 unconfirmed of what we're gonna do. First episode is out over there on YouTube, so you can go check that out. Um, go give my Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, trailer to review some love. It's 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 having a little trouble right now. Uh, I'll make sure to watch uh, it. But I'm trying to give me a little boost. Yeah. Later, nerds. Peace. See you guys next Bye. time. Bye. 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 Yeah, exactly the high pitched one. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's ridiculous.